Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information or to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to another hour of the weekend edition of Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. I'm very glad to be here with you, celebrating a beautiful weekend. And I hope you're doing something healthy on your own behalf. You already got a good start because you're listening to Intelligent Medicine. 877-726-8255 is our number. We've got a lot to talk about uh, this hour, uh, a study that suggests that antibiotic use, you know it's not good for you long term, but it may be linked to an increased risk of colon cancer. And uh, a new study links arsenic exposure to type 2 diabetes. Who's trying to poison you? Is this arsenic and old lace? No, no, it's just maybe ordinary arsenic that you get from foods and the environment. 877-726-8255, our number. Uh, but the big story this week and uh, there's been some press coverage of it. I wish there were more, but I'm going to do a deeper dive on this subject with you now. We've been missing the boat on weight loss. Last week, top obesity researchers challenged the calories in, calories out hypothesis that has dominated our approach to weight loss for decades. And I say, it's about time. One source, study finds, heralded this, overeating doesn't cause obesity. And Science Daily proclaimed, scientists claim that overeating is not the primary cause of obesity. And that sounds kind of counterintuitive. How could that not be the case? Overeating is not the primary cause of obesity? You know, we dutifully weigh out our portions and consult tables and even now we have apps to determine our caloric intake. Our smart watches and gym equipment report how many calories we burn when we exercise. And this is based on something referred to as the energy balance model of weight loss. It's calories in, calories out. It's based on 19th century physics, the laws of thermodynamics that successfully launched the machine age. They were applicable to mechanical performance, but not necessarily human bodies. And it kind of makes sense because if you're 
what is called a lead foot driver. If you burn rubber at every intersection and drive at high speeds, your car will burn fuel faster, like an inveterate exerciser. You got to burn down those calories. And if you soft pedal it, like the test drivers who establish unrealistic miles per gallon that you never attain in actual traffic conditions, you save fuel, like kind of like a, a sedentary person with uh, their legs up and the lazy boy. Fuel being the equivalent of dietary calories and car mileage and speed, kind of like exercise intensity and duration. Therefore, it's simple. Eat less and exercise more. And that's about as much nutritional advice as you'll get from your average doctor who still subscribes to the outmoded steampunk energy balance model of weight loss. So looking at weight loss in this fashion is kind of like the equivalent of attempting to launch the nuclear age relying on the physics of Isaac Newton back in the 18th century rather than the remarkable new perspective afforded by Einstein's theory of relativity in the 20th century. There's a new article, an important article in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition that just came out entitled The Carbohydrate Insulin Model, a Physiologic Perspective on the Obesity Pandemic. And that article attempts to apply a correction to the outmoded energy balance model. And it's not that this is a brand new revelation because physicians like Banting in the 19th century who uh, successfully lost weight with a very low-carb diet and reported on it. Uh, these His principles were rediscovered by Dr. Robert Atkins and others in the 20th century. Um, so we've long invoked carbohydrate restriction as an alternative to simple caloric restriction as a way to shed weight. But their approach encountered a lot of resistance and, in fact, outright derision from mainstream medicine. How can you eat all that meat and all that fat and still expect to lose weight? Well, if you restrict carbs, you can. And it's taken the failure of the low-fat diet paradigm to prompt a reappraisal that uh, finally has come to the pages of the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition this month. Obesity and type 2 diabetes rates have soared while we demonized saturated fat and cholesterol and encouraged grains and starchy vegetables. What's significant about the AJCN article is its positioning in the world's most authoritative nutrition journal, which is an acknowledgement that weight gain is not merely an energy surplus problem, but rather a hormonal disorder that can be mediated with a diet, namely a low-carb diet. And this is something that I first wrote about 30 years ago in an article which I titled Sugar Disease. I reprised it in a 2013 article, which you can find at drhoffman.com. It's kind of a, a milestone in my thinking about diet. That's when I went from a vegan to a low-carb advocate. I was on a macrobiotic vegan diet. I was having plenty of brown rice, tofu, and lots and lots of whole grains, and an almost no-fat diet. So the impetus to this article comes from Dr. David Ludwig, who's an outspoken pediatrician at Harvard. He's concerned about the pandemic of childhood obesity. He's written a book entitled Always Hungry, Conquer Cravings, Retrain Your Fat Cells, and Lose Weight Permanently. And that 
uh, book, the central thesis is that carb consumption perpetuates a cycle of craving that leads to progressive weight gain. And in the article that's in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, they turn the prevailing explanation for weight gain literally on its head. Rather than obesity being the result of excessive consumption of food, logical enough, right? But they argue that it's the type of food consumed that drives overeating, resulting in the overweight. And the hallmark of foods that make you fat is their glycemic index, or their GL. That's a measure of how rapidly and to what extent they dump glucose into your body, stimulating insulin, which causes the body to hold on to fat. And in the in their model, the carbohydrate-insulin model of weight gain, it's rising levels of insulin in response to dietary carbs that perpetuates a vicious cycle of overconsumption and weight gain. Uh, so instead of asking diet dieters to impose self-control over the quantity of food they eat, you know, weigh your food, measure your food, count your calories, it's, it seldom works long-term. Uh, Dr. Ludwig and his co-authors propose a change in dietary quality and here's a quote from their article. According to the carbohydrate insulin model, humans in the modern industrial food environment may have greater long-term control over what than how much they eat by reducing anabolic drive. That means drive to put on pounds with a low glycemic load diet. Patients may experience less hunger and improved energy level. A practical strategy is to substitute high GL foods refined grains, potato products, concentrated sugars, with high-fat foods. For example, nuts, seeds, avocados, olive oil, allowing for moderate intake of total carbohydrate from whole kernel grains, whole fruits and legumes, and non-starchy vegetables. Um, that essentially is, is the salad and salmon diet that I've talked about for so many years. Now, for those with special susceptibility, such as high insulin secretion or severe insulin resistance, Stricter reduction in total carbs may be optimal, something like a ketogenic diet. Or perhaps, and I'm continuing to quote him, time-restricted eating could reduce hunger and thereby facilitate calorie restriction, in part through hormonal mechanisms. So this is a, a landmark article uh, that, you know, it's high time that it's appeared in a major influential nutrition journal and um, that's going to be the subject of my uh, newsletter article this week. So you can check it out if you subscribe. Go to dearhoffman.com and click on the newsletter. I'll prompt you, and we'll deliver timely updates on a weekly basis uh, on subjects like these. Check it out. 877-726-8255, our number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. Staying healthy has never been more important. And Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract, maker of premier heart and immune health products, is leading the way to better health with a groundbreaking new formula, Kyolic Omega AGE. Kyolic Omega AGE combines the cardiovascular power of Kyolic's best-selling, organically grown aged garlic extract with sustainably sourced fish oil and a synergistic blend of the nutrients, vitamins D3, K2, E, and B6, 9, and 12, that have been clinically shown to support heart, bone, and immune health, all in one supplement, providing you with a comprehensive and convenient way to take your health to the next level. 
So check off all of those individual supplements from your shopping list and get Kyolic Omega AGE for heart, bone, and immune health today. Look for Kyolic Omega AGE at fine natural health retailers near you. Learn more at Kyolic.com. That's K-Y-O-L-I-C.com. Stay healthy. Live better. Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. 877-726-8255 is our number for calls during the program, but also it's available to you 24-7. Some people availing themselves of that opportunity and recording questions. So here's one of them. Let's hear it. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. What effect does a vaccine that changes your RNA have on black people with sickle cell anemia traits or sickle cell anemia genes, you know, recessive, even if they don't have sickle cell anemia, wouldn't they have more of a problem? I'm concerned about my black friends. God bless. Bye. Okay. Uh, you know, interesting question. You know, uh, you know, first, let's take a look at uh, what happens to individuals who have sickle cell anemia, predominantly African-American, almost exclusively African-American, if they get COVID. It turns out that people with sickle cell disease face four times as much risk of hospitalization and twice as much risk of dying from COVID-19, according to uh, a study out of the U.K., and even those who carry just one copy of the sickle cell gene, that's the sickle cell trait, which is not sickle cell disease, um, that still heightens your risk for bad outcomes, according to a study that appeared in July in the Annals of Internal Medicine. So people with sickle cell disorders are a group at higher risk from this infection. And uh, it's a good idea for them to get vaccinated. Now, as to... Uh, could the vaccine prompt a sickle crisis in someone who has sickle cell? I don't know that that question has been answered. Any type of stress, uh, whether it's uh, dehydration, uh, excessive exertion, uh, or an infection, can trigger a sickle cell crisis in someone who has sickle cell anemia. Uh, I've seen it happen countless times during my medical training uh, up in the Bronx where we treat a lot of these patients. And so it's conceivable that the vaccine could trigger some kind of reaction, you know, make people feel a little under the weather and maybe make them a little more likely to have a sickling crisis. But I don't know of any studies that have evaluated that. They should. But I have to say that looking at the risk-benefit equation, uh, the risk of getting a vaccine reaction is far less than the risk of getting COVID if you're an African-American with 
either full-blown sickle cell or even the sickle cell trait, uh, which a lot of people have and they, they may never realize it. They just carry one gene. By the way, that gene is helpful in Africa where it actually confers resistance to malaria. So there was a reason for it. It's not just a glitch or a defect. It had a evolutionary adaptive value. It just taint no malaria in uh, urban uh, Minneapolis or, or Chicago. Uh, so it becomes a real disadvantage. So uh, as to the claim that the vaccine uh, changes your RNA, it doesn't change your RNA. It introduces some RNA into your body, uh, which the vast majority of people believe does not get incorporated into your DNA permanently, which can change your genetic code. Uh, even if it did, it's very unlikely that it would change a sickle cell negative person into a sickle cell positive person merely because they're black. You know, so, you know, and I hope that this isn't one of those urban legends that's going around, uh, that dissuades people from taking the vaccine. They're, you know, there are side effects to the vaccine, no question. And there are compelling reasons for some people not to take the vaccine. I respect that. But this is not, uh, one of them. So um, let's dispel that one. All right. Um, this item uh, has to do with um, something called monoclonal antibodies. You first heard about monoclonal antibodies when Trump got sick. He got uh, what was then a very early experimental version of Regeneron. Uh, and it turns out that these monoclonal antibodies, if administered uh, shortly after you've contracted COVID, not when you're, you know, four plus sick and on your last legs, uh, but as a preventive for worsening disease, can reduce the severity of uh, COVID by as much as 70%. Well, in a controversial move, the Biden administration uh, has now, in effect, nationalized distribution of monoclonal antibodies. It used to be that uh, localities and states uh, could, uh, and hospitals could negotiate with the manufacturers of these monoclonal antibodies. Uh, but now the government wants to control the distribution of these uh, monoclonal antibodies. The claim is that they want to uh, equalize the distribution and prevent shortages of COVID-19. Uh, some people are claiming that it's going to shortchange states like Florida, Alabama, and Texas, uh, who are complaining now about rationing due to the federal move. But... Um, Nonetheless, uh, they're ramping up production of these monoclonal antibodies, which appear to be the only uh, seriously efficacious therapy for COVID-19. Uh, convalescent plasma kind of crashed and burned, according to a study that came out last week. And so monoclonal antibodies are the way to go uh, in terms of authorized therapies. They're expensive, they have to be administered by IV, but they do work in early COVID. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics, not just another powder in a capsule. With hundreds of probiotic products to choose from, what makes health experts worldwide consider Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics superior? Dr. O'Hara's crowning distinction is the 500-plus postbiotic metabolites produced during its three-year fermentation process. Why are postbiotics so important? Postbiotics are vital for sustained digestive balance and overall immune health. Postbiotics are fundamental for hormonal balance, weight management, skin care, and brain health. Postbiotics are the Dr. O'Hara advantage that is essential to our health and wellness. 
Encapsulated in a vegetarian soft gel, Dr. O'Hara's probiotics is a live paste of 12 strains of probiotic bacteria and nourishing prebiotics from whole fruits and vegetables. Join the millions of people worldwide who know the power of Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Go to www.essentialformulas.com today to find a retailer near you or search online. As an intelligent medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com. Back to Intelligent Medicine with Dr. Ronald Hoffman here, 877-726-8255. We've got a call from Richard in Valley Stream, New York. Hi, Richard. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. Uh, you got a great program. I'll tell you, I love Thank it. You. Thank you. But, Thank you. That's uh, great. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Um, um, I wanted to ask your opinion about, I heard a program, you were talking about uh, lysine being an antiviral yep. and being yep. used, and I think it was in a study or something. And the other thing is, is what's the difference between L-lysine and lysine? Are they both the same? Yeah, it turns out that uh, L-lysine is kind of just short for L-lysine. Amino acids are either L or R, and the ones that uh, work in the human body are all L and R. Uh, you know, they simply, you know, would be counterproductive because it would block the uptake of the valuable amino acids. So, they're, you know, it's like L-arginine. Uh, L-tryptophan, L-tyrosine, they're all L's. So it's the same, same deal. It's spelled L-Y-S-I-N-E. And uh, so lysine has a reputation for being an antiviral. And specifically, it seems to work somewhat against uh, herpes viruses, particularly the ones that cause uh, mouth sores and genital herpes. And so we give high-dose uh, L-lysine when people have outbreaks, and sometimes we tell them to take uh, you know, low-dose L-lysine for protection. What it seems to do is it seems to block arginine. That's the, uh, the pirate amino acid, L-arginine. Uh, arginine seems to be important for the replication of certain viruses, herpes viruses in particular. But not all viruses. So it won't work against uh, Ebola. It won't work against HIV. It won't work against uh, polio. Uh, and in particular, it won't work against COVID because arginine is not that uh, essential for the um, attachment uh, or replication of the coronavirus. It just doesn't do anything. So, uh, you know, it's not what, you know, when I, reel off supplements that might be helpful for COVID, uh, I deliberately omit lysine. I don't think lysine is among the supplements that are going to make a big dent in COVID-19. 
So th I presume that's where you're going with this. Could this be used? In, yeah, they, you know, they, the it actually it was a program. Yeah, they were talking about a study where they used lysine and some other uh, some other things uh, where they got some positive results. But I think it was a very small study. Yeah, and, and there are studies sometimes like that, but uh, they usually don't stand the test of time. You know, early in the pandemic, some things have come up big, and then, you know, they really kind of disappeared off the radar screen. You know, of course, there's a bias against natural therapies for COVID. You can get, uh, you know, canceled or banned outright uh, from mm -hmm. the Internet by talking about natural uh, support, for, even when you're talking cool. about, yeah, okay, fine, you know, take the medicine, take the vaccine, you know, here's some supplements you can take. Uh, it gets some people riled up. But, you know, I got to say that lysine, in my opinion, is not that impressive against COVID. You know, I, I may stand corrected, you know, as more studies emerge, but I haven't seen a lot of activity on the lysine front for, in terms of um, scientific research for COVID. Perfectly fine. You know, if you, if you get, you know, if you're susceptible to uh, mouth sores, genital herpes, fine. You know, you might get some benefit, but not so much for other viruses. Okay, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for your call. All right, this item, um, when you take antibiotics, you know, routinely Americans take uh, antibiotics many times over the course of their lifetime. And then there are certain conditions like Lyme disease, which necessitate uh, long-term use of antibiotics. Is this consequential? Well, it can be because some studies suggest that if kids take too many antibiotics, it increases their risk for obesity. Uh, we know from the animal husbandry industry raising livestock, if you give uh, low-dose antibiotics to animals, one-third of the antibiotics in this country, by the way, are given to livestock, um, it makes them fatter. You know, they're way more when they come to market. That's an economic benefit to uh, the cattle industry. So in uh, pork industry, etc., poultry industry, and so on. So... Uh, Here's a study out of Sweden. Antibiotics linked to increased risk of colon cancer. Oh, this is disturbing. Researchers found that both women and men who took antibiotics for over six months, over the course of a lifetime, you certainly can, ran a 17% greater risk of developing cancer in the ascending colon. Um, that's a form of colon cancer. And uh, the researchers... Uh, reassure us that, quote, there's absolutely no cause for alarm simply because you've taken antibiotics, the increase in risk is moderate, and the risk to the individual is fairly small. But, um, yeah, it uh, suggests that we need a caution flag, a yellow flag, on the indiscriminate use of antibiotics. And so many reasons to not use antibiotics long-term, they damage the microbiome, and the bacterial composition of the intestinal tract is now thought to be a crucial factor in whether you'll be protected from colon cancer or whether you'll have a higher susceptibility. Bad bugs can cause chronic inflammation that can lead to cancer development. 877-726-8255, our number. And... Um, couple of studies that um, suggest that there's a food, mood, and exercise connection. Yeah, we often talk about this, but this study claims to be the first of its kind 
revealing the causal relationship between fruit and vegetable consumption, exercise, and happiness. Would you believe that there's a medical journal called the Journal of Happiness Studies? Hey, why not? Happiness is the goal of mankind. That's in the Bill of Rights. Uh, guarantees our access to uh, pursuit of happiness. So that's an important standard. Uh, in this study, uh, researchers in the UK uh, used a technique to determine people's levels of happiness and then uh, correlated that to their consumption of fruits and vegetables and their, um, their exercise levels. And what they found is that um, the role of delayed gratification played an important part in happiness. Happiness is not the, produce, the uh, pursuit of hedonic uh, goals. You know, life is short, eat dessert fir first. Uh, people who apply discipline by consuming adequate fruits and vegetables and exercising turned out to be ultimately happier. Correlation isn't necessarily causation, but um, maybe it's that type of personality who gravitates towards a healthier diet and a disciplined daily exercise regimen that are happier altogether. But it may be that there is an effect of food on mood, and certainly there's an effect of exercise on mood. I invoke that frequently. And another study suggests that exercisers have a 60% lower risk of anxiety. I work out regularly, and part of it is to maintain physical health, but another part of it is to protect my brain from age-related memory decline. You know, I want to stay sharp and relevant. And exercise increases levels of brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is like miracle grow for your brain cells. And it's also something that helps you cope with anxiety, which is a welcome thing, especially during COVID. We're all subject to stress. We're hearing terrible statistics. We're terrified about going outside in public. We're uh, debating about whether or not to take the vaccine or to take now the booster. Uh, should we wear masks? Should we go to concerts? Should we get on planes? But it turns out that exercisers have a 60% 60 uh, lower risk of anxiety, according to a study uh, performed in Sweden. Uh, skiers, average age 36, had a significantly lower risk of developing anxiety. Uh, these were long-distance cross-country skiers, I guess in Scandinavia, that's something you could do many months of the year. Uh, what they found is that um, engaging in physical activity can decrease the risk of anxiety in both men and women. So there you have it. 877-726-8255, our number, and this is Intelligent Medicine. 
Do you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a solution for low B1. Zobria. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells to stop functioning properly, resulting in numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs. It may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to improve the functioning of these nerve cells. You can get Zobria risk-free by going to zobria.com. That's zobria.com and get 20% off with coupon code Hoffman at checkout. This offer is only available to intelligent medicine listeners. That's zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Did you know that olive oil is at its peak of flavor and nutrition right after it's fresh pressed at harvest time? That's why my favorite olive oil is delivered to me direct from the latest harvest, thanks to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and as a listener of Intelligent Medicine, you can try a bottle of their finest artisanal olive oil, normally $39, for just $1 with no obligation to buy anything else. I've been enjoying these harvest fresh olive oils for years. They are far and away the brightest, most lively, and flavorful olive oils I've ever tasted. Their antioxidants and polyphenols are off the charts because they're fresh from the harvest. They make store-bought olive oils taste dull and flat by comparison. Taste for yourself. Check out this generous trial offer and get your $39 bottle for a buck with no obligation to buy anything else. Visit MyFavoriteOliveOil.com in my case, it truly is. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. Back to intelligent medicine. Let's talk about walking or health. You know, the use of devices like Fitbit and the Apple Watch and other wearables kind of revolutionized our approach to walking. We used to just walk, but now we get a step count Whenever we go out, I sometimes uh, take a walk and then I check my iPhone to see how many steps I've gone. And there's a new study that tells you how many steps you actually need to take to cut the risk of heart disease. It turns out that taking 7,000 steps a day can keep a middle-aged person's arteries healthy and reduce their risk of death by up to 70%, according to a new study. Now, that translates to about, depending on how fast you go, around three to three and a half miles. That's not terribly far. Uh, most people can complete that in just over an hour at a brisk pace. And what was interesting in the study is that um, the, the, uh, the highly touted 10,000 steps a day, everybody said, you need to go 10,000 steps a day. It turns out that taking more than 10,000 steps per day was not associated with further reduction in mortality risk. And so what about if you're less capable of doing 7,000 steps? Well, you can be reassured the two earlier studies in the U.S. find that just 4,000 steps a day, I guess that's around a couple of miles, uh, reduce mortality by around 30%. But to achieve that 70% reduction, you got to step it up and go... Uh, 7,000 steps. So uh, use that Fitbit, Apple Watch, whatever device, wearable you're using as a, way, as a goal setter uh, to reduce risk.
All right. Uh, and, you know, perhaps you're too tired to even contemplate walking that far. Well, if fatigue is holding you back, it's well known that your cellular health may start to decline as early as the age of 25, increasing your fatigue. And that's due to declines in the performance of your mitochondria, the cellular powerhouses. Well, you can repair and reinvigorate your mitochondria with NT factor from nutritional therapeutics. Clinical trials have shown that NT factor reduces fatigue by almost half. There's good science behind it. And it has anti-aging effects. It's available in a variety of formulations tailored to your specific needs. There's full-spectrum vitamin mineral formulas. There's immune support formulas. There's targeted nutrition. And then there's pure NT factor that uh, you can take in a concentrated form to add to whatever supplement regimen you're already taking. I've been using NT Factor for years. I don't go a day without it, and I prescribe it for my patients. And now with a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. You can find the NT Factor line of nutritional formulas at your favorite health food store or online retailer. Or, if you prefer, order direct. Check out uh, their website at ntfactor.com ntfactor.com. It's newly designed and user-friendly, or you can call them 800-982-9158. 800-982-9158. That's NTFactor. Uh, this item has to do with an interesting relationship between an environmental exposure and type 2 diabetes. We know that you get to type 2 diabetes if you eat too much and if you don't exercise enough. But at the rate that it's accelerating, maybe there's some other factors going on. Uh, it could be that environmental pollution has an impact on type 2 diabetes. We know that there are chemicals called obesogens, which undermine energy production, make you gain weight, and impair insulin sensitivity and one in particular is being fingered as a culprit in type 2 diabetes and that's arsenic now you may think well arsenic old lace yeah is my husband trying to poison me uh, I'm not sure if I've got arsenic in my hair or in my blood or in my urine where's it coming from well maybe coming from your diet people who eat inordinate amounts of rice have higher levels of arsenic. Arsenic is not added to rice, but certain plants have the ability to pull various minerals from the soil, and rice has a particular affinity for arsenic. And eating a lot of rice can increase your arsenic levels, thus putting you at higher risk for type 2 diabetes. Well, it's a refined carbohydrate in the white rice form. You may say, well, I eat only organic brown rice. It's full of fiber has a lower glycemic index. Turns out brown rice, just as bad, maybe even worse than white rice, because some of the arsenic is in the hull that they take off when they polish rice, make it white rice. So uh, another source of arsenic, and Dr. Oz got in trouble for saying this, but it is true, uh, lots and lots of apple juice. Apple juice, not great for kids. Juice is a concentrated source of calories. But And it also is sometimes responsible for GI problems. Kids with chronic diarrhea do better to stay off sugary juices. But lots and lots of apple juice 
you know, a little bit's okay eating an apple, fine. But tons and tons of concentrated apple extract may concentrate the arsenic naturally present in apples. Arsenic is sometimes added to chicken feed. Uh, it's an antifungal, and it preserves the feed so it doesn't rot. But then the chickens absorb it, and you eat the chickens. And unless you're getting natural, organic, arsenic-free chicken, too much chicken can increase your arsenic levels. Certain water supplies are high in arsenic, not so much in the United States, but in other parts of the world. And therefore, uh, arsenic acts as a cellular poisoning and can reduce your insulin sensitivity, making you more prone to type 2 diabetes. And it's estimated that a relatively high double-digit percentage of type 2 diabetes may be attributable to arsenic and not just to your sedentary lifestyle and your dietary excess. Those are important too, but we got to check out uh, the potential for environmental problems. And uh, this is something I came across is that uh, a lot of uh, men uh, take Proscar uh, or for uh, their prostate or they take Propecia for their hair. And I just discovered that there is a an entire organization uh, the for PFS, post-finasteride syndrome. Uh, finasteride is the formal name for uh, Proscar and for Propecia. And what they describe is a whole range of symptoms, uh, decreased uh, libido, but uh, many, many other symptoms that may be related to chronic use of this medication. Check it out at um, pfsfoundation.org. It's an interesting perspective. All right, thank you very much for joining us. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Check out our website at drhoffman.com. For more information, you can uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, subscribe to our newsletter, download our podcasts, and have yourselves a great weekend. This is Intelligent Medicine.